Today's episode of Speak LA, the podcast is sponsored by Actors Connection. Before we begin, one of the things we most often hear from our listeners is how hard it is to find an agent. If this is something that you are struggling with, go to ispeakla.com and download our free agent guide now. There is absolutely no shame in not having an agent, but we really want to help you get one. So go to ispeakla.com and grab your free agent guide now. Jen. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so nice to see you. You too. I'm how have you been? Today? I've been good. I've been good. I've been looking forward to what we're doing today. Oh my gosh. Carl Kennedy. Um, I'm very excited yeah. to interview him because we actually have a very special connection, Jen. I think you know yes, this, but <laughs> we went to grad fair, school fair. together. <laughs> right. Um, we went to grad school together. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Been in so many things. Theater, TV, He's a film. Teacher. Amazing teacher. Wonderful. Yeah. Helps a lot with self-tapes. Just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And um, something I'm really excited to talk to him about is that he is based in Atlanta. Right, right. That that never-ending question of should actors be trying to get into the Atlanta market? That's going to be a fun thing to talk to them about. Yeah, really yeah. fun. I think yeah. I think good for our listeners to hear for sure. But before yes. we get to Carl, okay, yes, here we we find ourselves again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd love to hear. How about this? Something mm. that you love about LA. Oh, something I love about LA. Love, love, love. Oh my gosh! You know, I love so many things about LA, as you know. Um, I the, the the immediate thing that comes to my mind that I love about LA is the farmers markets in LA. Yeah. I I just you know being a girl from uh, the Northeast where. Uh, half the year, the ground is frozen and nothing grows. Um, <laughs> I never get uh, jaded when I see in December and January and February and all year round, all those beautiful fruits and vegetables and, um, you know, everything else they sell there. I mean, bread and pizza and interesting cuisines from all over the world. I mean, I just, it's just a food paradise. It's really, we're so lucky. We are. I love that food paradise. (laughs) You like that? I made that up right now. That's how fast I am. I'm quick on my feet. Oh, you're so amazing too. (laughs) Where did you grow up? The dirty South. What was your first day job? Pushing carts at Walmart. How old were you when you got your first job in the entertainment industry? Mid-20s, about 26. What was your first job in the entertainment industry? I was in a play called Psycho Beach Party in Wilmington, North Carolina. Richard Davis was the director. Psycho (laughs) Beach Party. Nice. Oh, my gosh. What city did you start your acting career in? Wilmington, North Carolina. That's where I received my bachelor's in theater. And who is an actor who influenced you? Robert Townsend. Ah, cool. 
What was your initial impression of Los Angeles the first time you went there? Dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you had to sum up LA in one word, what would that one word be? Mecca. Mecca. Perfect. Ooh, never heard that before. Mecca. I like it. Carl, welcome. Yay! We're so happy to have you. We're so excited to have you. I'm so happy <laughs> to see your face today. Yeah. The, the feeling is, is absolutely mutual. Uh, mutual. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited. It's nice to meet you, Jen, for the first time. And of yeah. course, we go way back. So I'm excited to get into that a little bit later. But yes, great to see you both. Thank yeah, you. we do. We do go way back, which is why I'm super excited about this today. Um, so we would love to start with, did you always know that you wanted to be an actor? Is that something that you knew you wanted to do? Uh, yes, um, I'll actually say I knew I wanted to be a performer. Mm. I knew I wanted to be a performer. And of course, most people are inspired by different artists. Actually, I wasn't inspired by too many actors i was actually i wanted to perform because of michael jackson to be completely honest yeah michael jackson he was so specific like you remember every uh, uh note you remember every yelp right you remember every dance move right every every flick of the wrist every uh nod of the head every tossing of the hat so michael jackson was a very big influence i remember john jory in graduate school actually saying maybe at the end of the year, uh, eval for year one, John Jory said, um, he goes, uh, uh, you're an actor now. It was either first year after the first quarter. He was like, I said, I wanted to be a performer. He goes, you're an actor now. So that was a nice moment. How old were you when you, when you first saw Michael Jackson and had that feeling of, I wanna do something like that? It's hard to remember how early it was. I will say that I remember going into the room, closing the door and or locking the door uh, uh, barefooted or with socks because it makes it very uh, makes it easier to moonwalk in socks <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and closing my eyes and dancing my heart out. It was always easy for me to relate to music and putting myself in the song, not really knowing that that was a part of acting. Right. Being able to live truthfully in the given circumstances. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And was was being an artist or being an actor something that was supported in your family in terms of your parents? I would say yes, uh, but the support for everyone's family looks different. So for my family, you know, we I, I come from a Christian background. So for my family, it was, you know, um, all things are possible through Christ, which strengthened me uh, that. But did I have the direction? Did I have the mentorship? Did I have the grooming? Uh, no, but no one. Here's the positive thing. There was no one saying that I could not do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I would, I'd love to ask really quickly what you said, actor and performer, when John Jory said that to you. So what mm -hmm. is that, what is that difference? Well, like why did he say that? Because performer can be uh, anything, right? You can be, mm -hmm. if you're a musician, you can be a performer, right? If you're a dancer, you can be a performer. Right. I could be a juggler. I could I'd throw knives. All of these people are performing for an audience. But 
an actor, uh, um, um, that word holds so much weight. It has so much, you know, reverence to it. So yes, specifically, and and again, specificity is everything when you're an actor. Um, it's about, you know, actor has its own weight. It, it has its own, um, what's the best word for it, Jen? Actor has its own <laughs> gravity. <laughs> right. So right. there's a difference. It's not about general, you're a performer. No, I'm specifically an actor. So when you decided uh, that this is something that you wanted to pursue, you have so much training. So was that something that you knew you wanted to do? Did you know you wanted to get a master's in acting? Was that part of your plan? That's a really, really good question. Um, <laughs> going to school for acting wasn't part of my plans um, at all, to be uh, completely honest, which I feel like I'm completely honest, Jen, most of the time. Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't ever expect to go to school, to be completely honest. It was uh, um, um, some of the things that I was told growing up is, you know, um, um, graduate high school and don't bring don't bring any babies home prematurely. The word prematurely wasn't there. It just sounded like, you know, uh, graduate high school, don't bring any babies home. There was, you know, that was it. Um, I don't think that I don't I, not to go on the BLM stuff or whatever, but I don't know if there was a high life expectancy, to be completely honest. Like, I mean, we were living moderate like I was around the um, um, the 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 the, the drugs and the alcohol and all that stuff, I wasn't doing it and my immediate family wasn't doing it. But I remember playing in the bushes, living in government assisted housing or subsidized housing, whatever it's called now, or the projects and seeing the little uh, baggies with the yellow residue, uh, seeing the wow. needles, right, while eating bologna sandwiches, playing in the bushes, right? It was commonplace. Uh, someone actually asked me on the bus that I wanted to uh, help him push or sell his product. I remember that moment. Um, we were um, just regular kids growing up slow, you know, um, foot, foot races, barefoot and, you know, and throwing clumps of dirt in the garden at each other, your grandmother's garden. That's how I grew up. But, you know, as we went further along, yeah, the, the influences were there. But let me tell you, the influences at home were so much stronger than the influences in the street or in the neighborhood because we didn't really we didn't really hang out with too many people in the neighborhood in the street uh 1811 b hopkins drive i don't live there so i don't mind putting out that address but that's the project go there right now and uh and, and, and you'll, you'll learn a thing or two so uh yes it wasn't part of my plan just getting back to uh the question it wasn't part of my plan um i went i continued to go back to school jen because i wasn't famous to be completely honest so every time I graduated, actually 2010, graduating from the University of Washington School of Drama Professional Actor Training Program, um, I wasn't really smiling in any of the pictures. Actually, my mom came to Seattle for the first time, and then my brother showed up as well, my little brother. And I wasn't smiling in the pictures because I wasn't famous. Um, and there was no really clear direction there. I know we had did the showcase and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, um, and that's something that I actually regret. Um, I tell everybody right now uh, that can listen, uh, that are listening to this broadcast, do not waste a day of your life because you can never get it back. I can never go back and smile in those pictures. So I actually regret um, not being enthused there. But it was just a lack of understanding, which I actually have now. And I can use that moment, uh, Jen and Camille, to actually help uh, other students and my peers as well. We wow. talk more. That's that's I, I'm so interested in that. The, the the lack of understanding that you feel like you had that you didn't have then that you do have now. Will you just will you just expound on that a little bit? 
Like, what is that understanding? I guess is what I'm asking. No, of course. Um, yeah. For me, and like I can say I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, pass the collection plate or anything like that. But, um, <laughs> um, God gives increase. We plant and we water, but God gives increase. You can say Creator. You can say Buddha. You can say this other guy. You can say the witness. You, you can say yourself. Whatever you do, wherever you are on your journey, is not my job to to uh, steer you left or right. My job is to be a light. So, um, I, and that's what I try to do. But yeah, there, the understanding wasn't there. And that understanding was that when something's for you, right? It's I want to always be what I call in the middle of the wheel, right? And I want to be able to make sure that I'm treating others right. Um, show yourself just as much grace and mercy as you show your uh, fellow uh, performer, your fellow man, your family members, and this and the third. Be quick to forgive and be slow to anger, right? Um, and I and I felt like I had those understandings then. And then another understanding is, for example, I'm in Georgia. You're currently in California. So if I'm going to California, right, sometimes the destination is not within 300 feet, Jen. Sometimes the destination, Camille, is not within 1,000 miles. If you go to east to west coast, it's going to be around approximately 3,000 miles. So sometimes in life, it's not good to go left and not good to go right, sometimes all you need to do is continue to go straight. Mm. So when it didn't happen immediately, right? Sometimes we're worried and I hear that it's the three Ds, doubt, disbelief and discouragement. People are so discouraged, but you know what? Here we go. This is the answer Jen's question. Check this out. This is what, <laughs> this is what I got from up there. So it doesn't matter how, uh, uh, round your trunk is. It doesn't matter what the girth of your trunk is. It doesn't matter how uh, strong your branches are. You'll never bear fruit out of season. Revelation. You see what I'm saying? You'll never bear fruit out of season. So when it was time for certain things, they'll happen, but it doesn't matter how strong your tree is. It doesn't matter how deep your roots go. You will not bear apples from that apple tree until it is seasoned. So, you know, um, I always tell people it's the person that endures to the end. Right. Uh, uh, and, I, and I have a great saying that I'm pretty sure that I'll forget in the moment, but it's about enduring to the end. And I know that now before I was like, you know, when I first got out of graduate school or in between, I didn't work. Uh, um, I didn't work in between the summers. Right. After year one summer, after year two summer, after year three graduation summer, I was housekeeping. People don't know that I was housekeeping on campus steps away from Hutchison Hall, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So with that being said, uh, actually, um, I was when I was in my first year, uh, second year, Robert Olguin, um, after we graduated, he said, why don't you do the show with me? Uh, Jesus hopped the A train. I had did it in undergrad. Stephen Adley Girgis is the playwright. Let's do it at uh, Pacific Theater in Vancouver, British Columbia. I've never been out of uh, the country, so I needed a passport. Um, long story short, I was nominated for Best Actor at the Jesse Richardson Theater Awards for that particular piece, and I never actually auditioned in Canada, period. These people were just throwing money at me. Hey, big fan of your work, yada, yada, yada. These are the commitment dates, and 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 here's a, here's a, here's a handful of money. And it went just like that from now until... 2010 until 2016, until I decided that when I stopped or really uh, broadened my horizons to film and TV in 2016, I had did two world premieres in a two man show 
um, in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Actually, Vancouver, British, between British Columbia and Alberta, I had did uh, two world premieres and a two-man show. I've been nominated for Best Actor twice in another country. Now, coming from the projects, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's not too bad. I agree. Carl, you mentioned that you reside in Atlanta. Um, I'd love to talk about that a little bit because I know a lot of LA actors think about moving to Atlanta. Um, one of the one of the things that you hear talked about a lot amongst uh, LA actors, and I'm wondering if you could shed some light on this for us because I, I hear both sides of it um, when people are speculating, is that there's, uh, I don't know if they say more work there, but that there is a <laughs> lot of work there and maybe less competition. I mean, what, what would you say to an actor saying, I'm not getting work in LA, I've been here for years and years, I wanna try something different. Would you say, come to Atlanta? I would say, well, we all know that, you know, the A markets, as they like to say, is New <laughs> York and, and LA, but here's the thing. Um, but being in LA for a, a calendar year in 2015, this is what happened. When I was looking at the Atlanta market from Actors Access, ActorsAccess.com, that is a, 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 a great utility for actors. If you're not familiar, if you're an actor and you're not on Actors Access and you say you want to do film, TV, commercial and theater, film, TV, commercial, industrial, print, things of that nature. If you don't know about that resource, um, not saying you're not an actor, but it's everybody uses it. So Actors access.com you have to have it anyway on actorsaccess.com you can search by region right so when you go to the southeast region which atlanta georgia is in the southeast you for every mm, for every georgia page of, of breakdowns as you're familiar with that term mm -hmm. uh, there's probably about it seems seemingly seven to ten pages of la work so la is huge Right. Everybody's doing this, all these independent features and things, things of that nature. But if you're talking about access to union projects. Right. And you have to don't don't forget Georgia is a right to work state. So if you are not union, you can double dip. I can do all the union and non-union projects I want to without being forced to join uh, the union, which is SAG after too early in my uh, development. Right. So to me, to me, is the best of both worlds. If you're having trouble over there, I think you can be somebody that probably is not even being looked at in L.A. And you can go from there to get recurring in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm being completely honest. Um, and I tell everybody, if you're having trouble elsewhere, give Atlanta a shot, because I mean, some people have never if they even get a, uh, a union audition when I was there, if I'm not mistaken, my agent, I'm not going to put the agent out there. My, which was SAG franchise, my agent uh, really didn't want to, she wanted to keep her non-union people, non-union as long as possible, because you know, um, um, California and New York are a union state. So if you do, you know, less than a handful of union projects, they're going to want you to sign up. And that sign up is about three grand, right? So yeah, I would tell anybody, hey, if you're having trouble, if you think it's too saturated, come over here. Like I've auditioned for the series regulars, multiple. The last series regular I auditioned for, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it. Anyway, I'll just simply say it was Tyler Perry Studios and I've auditioned for series regulars for, for that particular um, um, entity more than one time. Um, and it's not for BET as well. 
Um, I actually auditioned for, um, well, I'm not going to put that show out there, but anyway, it's a show that's currently on, getting ready to go in their second season. Um, uh, and yeah, anyway, I'm trying not to, you know, because you know, <laughs> you never know who's listening. But I, I opportunities, the recurring opportunities, obviously I'm guest star recurring on, on a show right now and recurring on another show. So I came in and was able to just bang out, you know, a lot of projects. I was playing opposite Vivica Fox my first year here um, and probably my second, you know, big uh, one of my second, my first TV movie. So, um, yes, the, the opportunities are here, especially for uh, people of color. And really, to tell you the truth, actually, before non-people of color as well. Why? Because the world is diverse. So you can't just have people of color on TV, just like non-people of color can't have just them on TV. That's not how the world looks, unless you're doing something like, you know, you're Gandalf or something, and you're in, you know, elves or whatever. That movie's off. <laughs> I beat the video game. Anyway, I think it was two hours. But um, yeah, so the world takes everybody. You know, it's not classic Hollywood anymore, Jan or Camille. It's not mm -hmm. classic Hollywood, meaning it's not the Myrna Loys, it's not the Clark Gables, it's not the uh, uh, Lena Horns and things of that nature. So with that being said, it t TV and film takes everyone now. Everyone. I think it's more inclusive, if I'm saying the word correctly, instead of exclusive, it's more inclusive mm -hmm. than it's ever been. Uh, and there's a lot of great opportunities. Hey, if you're having a hard time elsewhere, come to Atlanta. Um, you probably think the rent is cheaper. Um, you'll probably be able to, I don't know, you still need a car. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of great opportunity. And they really, you know, they still praise LA and New York. So if you're there and you got those kind of credits and those kind of uh, the training from those areas, they're going to praise you here. You're going to you're going to work here. Some people are double dipping. They're in those other areas. They have an L.A. agent, uh, Camille. They have a New York agent, Jen, and they have a Southeast agent as well. And they are willing. These people in New York and L.A. are willing to lose money or break even booking a co-star and flying themselves out for under five because they're just that hungry where yeah. me, if I get a guest star recurring opportunity to me, that's just what I'm supposed to get. That's how I feel. I feel I put the time in. I feel I have the bachelor's. I have the master's, which is a terminal degree in acting. I can teach in anybody's university and I have the a combination of education and experience. So to me, it, I feel like it's a walk in the park. This is what should happen. Um, if you, if you, um, you say, if you want apple, if you want apple sauce, you plant apple seeds. Yeah. Well, and I think to add to that, you mentioned um, Tyler Perry Studios, and we actually had the great honor and pleasure of interviewing Raven Drummer, the casting director. Yeah. And um, for a podcast. And she also talked about to speak to something you just mentioned, that some of those, um, you know, five line, 10 line co-stars that people are willing to fly out for, some of them aren't even open to people that aren't living in Atlanta. Sometimes they, they're, you know, so that's maybe another good reason um, to consider a, a different market like Atlanta. Right. When you look at the uh, the breakdown, uh, some of those breakdowns on ActorsAccess.com again are going to say uh, local hire only, right? Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I mean, you know, let's cut the BS, right? What that means is they're not flying you out. We'll pay you for, <laughs> for being on set, but I'm not. I'm not flying you out. I'm not housing you, and I'm not giving you per deal, and mm -hmm. I'm not transporting you to set. It's going to be a self report. 
Mm -hmm. It's your own flight, right? And you do whatever you have to do. So we'll, you know, if you're nice, they'll hire you. But uh, like when I did MacGyver, uh, I've been on MacGyver um, th thrice. Thrice. <laughs> uh, so I've been on MacGyver uh, the reboot uh, three times, and um, yeah, could it could have been more than that because there was uh, there was you know if you're an actor, you know what a veil check is. Uh, when it comes to TV and film. So yeah, uh, gr great people over there. I really love um, uh, the opportunities that they provided and it's been such a blessing. So, but yeah, um, uh, and oh, shout out to Raven Drummer. Um, they, uh, Tyler Perry Studios hired me uh, 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 a la um, uh, uh, Raven Drummer the first time they ever saw me in person. That's so that's when, I, that's when I booked the guest star recurring role of Officer Gordon on the haves and the have nots. So. I'm featured, uh, or or you see my character recur in season five. If you're if you're uh, rewinding there, or you have I don't know Netflix, or I don't even know I don't know how it works. Roku, <laughs> uh, uh, those all those things, Fire Sticks. It's a lot of stuff out there now. <laughs> Carl, oh. I want to <laughs> Carl, I want to ask you. There's something else that you've done. I mean. Gosh, as you're talking, I have so many things I want to ask you. And it's like, can we just talk to you for five hours? But um, <laughs> but we can't. But we can't. Um, <laughs> I really want to ask you because you've done something else. So you're you're not only are you an actor, you know, very well trained and you've done so much work. You, you're also an entrepreneur. <laughs> you, you coach actors. You've created another business, um, which a lot of actors ask us about because that's something that they wonder, you know, how do I make money as I'm building my career as an actor. And um, you have successfully done that. So I, I'm i curious, and, I, and then I'd love to go into self-taping, which I know you are super proficient in teaching. Um, but I'm just curious as to how that came about for you. Is that something that you were like, um, I'm good at this, I'm gonna do this as I pursue my acting? Did it connect well for you? You know, because a lot of people wonder, how do I how do I do this? How do I make money while I'm building my career? Well, I'll say I want it to be uh, uh, selfish like every other actor. Uh, oh, that's a deep <laughs> statement. I'm sorry. I wanted to be selfish, Jen. I wanted to be selfish, Camille. What I mean by that is, you know, when you see these people with the big names and the things of that nature, you're not hearing about anybody doing a workshop or training or helping each other. You'll see they'll go to a... a um, a graduation and do the speech or whatever. They're the graduation, the, the commencement speaker, and that's all. But there, no one's actually telling anybody else how to get in because they're operating in desperation. Um, and I'm going to get to the question really quickly here. Um, so you have people, and a lot of people, Jen and Camille, they're they're winning and losing. And I always tell people, Jen and Camille, I am sowing and reaping. Right. So to me, why did I get into the coaching? To me, it was about just helping my fellow actor, helping my fellow man, whether it be a word of encouragement, whether it be a self tape, whether it be um, 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 serving as a reader. It, it was born out of um, actually I was going to I had a service that I was going to for over a year. I've been here since 2017, all of 2017. Um, and I was going to a service, a self taping service. And um, to me, I felt like I was giving up too much power. What I mean by that is I have to go, I have to, I first I have to call you, right? I have to leave my house. I have to go around your schedule, right? And I'm thinking I'm in this place and they have all this beautiful equipment and things of that nature. Of course, you don't know the 
price, but people weren't researching. And I was going there for over a year. And I'm like, I don't want to like, what if I have a director camera? I'm a host or a spokesperson is an industrial, you know, and it's, it's uh, 10 o'clock at night. Right. And I want to go ahead and turn it in. So I wanted the power. So that's why I ended up getting my own equipment. And then from that, you know, people realizing you have your own equipment. I was like, you know, I have a master's. So if I have a master's in this terminal, I should be able to teach at a university. I'm like, there's a lot. Of, this is this is like the equivalent of having a master's in acting is the actor wise. Excuse me. Forgive me for I don't want to offend anybody. Um, having a master's is the equivalent of um, doing a tour overseas uh, if you're in the military. Right. Just giving you an example, if you put it over to the artist side. Now, of course, thank you for serving. Put that over to the side. But let's talk about artists. Right. Who has more experience than those people that actually go through that? You know, you can get your class, your workshop, and that's fine. Right. But to dedicate three years, nine to five, take a lunch break and then go or dinner break and then go 630 to 1030 rehearsal three years straight. That that's intense. Right. Um, it's not a game. So to me, I knew I always felt and actually to be completely honest, it, I knew this was what I was supposed to do. So when you're operating in your gift, I felt like I was a cut above. I feel like everybody that's ever stepped out of that training program, regardless of um, where they sat or where they ranked within the program. Um, if you take us out, it's like somebody trained in martial arts. They could be the worst fighter in the camp. But if you're fighting somebody that's untrained, you're going to demolish them. It doesn't matter how good you are, right? You're the, you might be the worst of, of this group, but when you come back to the regular world, right? Just like in the military, like you're something else. They're like, man, man, this guy's a different, totally different mentality. So to me, I've, we've already done it. We've already, Camille, Camille and I have already cried together, right? We've already we've already worked together. We've we, intense, you know, situations and people being upset and then finding forgiveness and somebody bringing Krispy Kreme donuts to 301. Uh, Camille knows what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> um, so um, yes. And I probably need to get back to the original question. But uh, going back to uh, why I started, it, it, came, it was born out of wanting to have control, wanting to be able to produce my own self tapes. Um, when I wanted to and have the control for me. And then, of course, it ventured into the byproduct of that was to, of course, help other people. OK, you got lights, you got this, you got that. Let me be a blessing to others. So and then, of course, and it just it just grew. I've been doing it probably since 2018, a year, of course, a year after I got here because I was going to the other service at first. And it's just really blossomed. Like I might wake up to, you know, uh, a PayPal, wake up to two or three cash apps where somebody's like, you know, some two people were like, hey, I want to pay for the next three months, you know. That's awesome. So it's a, oh, oh, one more thing. Jim. So then you, you never know just being nice and being a blessing to other people. Somebody might say, okay, some a, a church uh, or, you know, drama ministry, or they were doing some, sh you're putting together a short film for the, for the kids, maybe at risk youth. Right. So they were like, hey, how much uh, is, is 30 private sessions? And I, <laughs> they were like, send us an invoice. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, you know, I never it was never part of my plan, to be completely honest. But it was just something not that I fell into. I wanted the control. I wanted to be able to do my own projects without having to. I said I said to God, I said, this has to be sustainable, Camille. 
Jen, that had to be sustainable. I couldn't afford to pay somebody else $40 every time I had an under five. When when you when you have a great agent, shout out to Houghton Talent, HoughtonTalent.com. Um, yeah, if they're if they're hitting you with five or six auditions uh, per week and you're making the salary or, you know, you're making nine, ten dollars an hour at uh, the quality Inn on, on in East Point. Um, yeah, it's not sustainable. So I said, I need to be able to produce this myself. And that's how it happened. Long. I drive. love that. I, I think I think it, to to sum some of that up, if 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 I may, I think it's a little bit of is the expression invention is the mother of necessity, right? Um, you there was something you saw that needed to be done, and so you came up with a solution that included being able to have a side gig that put some cash in your pocket. Um, unfortunately, we are almost out of time. In fact, we are out of time. But I feel like I have to ask you one question before we get to the final question, just because we wanted to talk a little about self-tape, um, since you're such an expert in that. But um, again, we're, we're short on time. So can you just give me like maybe 30 to 60 seconds of like, you know, a couple of do's and don'ts for self-taping for, for those actors that don't live in Atlanta, can't seek you out. Um, and if, if they are in Atlanta, tell us your, tell us how they can find you. But if they're not in Atlanta, give us a couple do's and don'ts. They can no, now. Hey, right. Oh, yeah. they can <laughs> now. Because right. so, oh. online. Right. So, what, so, what All right, so yeah, tell so us, tell us quickly about that. Right. So, uh, so let's, uh, well, of course they can, uh, um, I do virtual coaching all the time. I'm actually coaching people in LA right now, which is interesting. So okay, self tape wise, right here we go, mm. guys. Um, this is the, this is how your self tape should be set up. It should be minimal space above your head. Like you see here, you should be wide frame. So that's going to be landscape instead of portrait. Again, landscape instead of portrait, you should be wide, minimal space above your head. It should be chest up framing as a default, unless they ask for head and shoulders or waist up. Uh, you should be about two to four feet away from your backdrop or wall. And that's going to provide no shadows. As you can see, if I go a little closer here, you see shadows and I back all the way back up and the shadows dissipate. You need they proper can't see lighting. you, but we can. Right. You need, <laughs> you need proper lighting. So you need soft box lighting, right? Soft you can use your lighting. camera phone. You can use your camera uh, or your phone. Just make sure it's a uh, wide frame. Soft box lighting is 60 to $75. There's no excuse. A meal costs more than that. You can get a flat sheet, a gray flat sheet from Walmart for um, like $2, buy it outside of the linen set and press it or iron it uh, or, or steam it and you got it. So at the end of the day, your camera needs to be steady, uh, tripod, mobile phone mount, um, a soft box lighting and a gray flat sheet or muslin backdrop. It's under $100 if you're using your phone. Oh my God, that was perfect. That was perfect. We might have to do, if, if you would ever indulge us an entire podcast on this subject, because I could ask you a million questions about self-taping, but that's great. Um, tell us quickly how, how they find you and then we'll, uh, and then we'll move to our final question and then we're out. Sure. So I'm on uh, Facebook as well, uh, guys. So that's going to be, uh, at gals, uh, facebook.com slash Carl Kennedy actor. Again, that was www.facebook.com slash Carl Kennedy actor. And of course, on Instagram, it's the same thing. The at symbol Carl underscore Kennedy underscore actor. Again, that was at Carl with a C underscore Kennedy classic spelling, just like JFK underscore actor on Instagram as well. And I do virtual and in-person coaching. But for the LA people, I'm virtual. I do it every single day. And I usually do group classes and private sessions. 
So we always love to end the podcast, Carl, with an LAism. If you could just share with us something that you have found is unique to Los Angeles, we would love that. So something that is unique to Los Angeles, I actually uh, lived in, of course, the Los Angeles metropolitan area back in 2015. And I think it's so amazing where pretty much anywhere in the Los Angeles area, you're able to go from your home. I was able to walk less than two blocks and I could be in the ocean. I think that's absolutely amazing. If you're talking about Long Beach, I was on, I wasn't, uh, I was steps away from downtown, no more than five minutes in a car, definitely. Um, I was on Coronado and I was able to to cross over. Um, um, uh, we were right there on the corner, so I was able to cross over the main street uh, or, excuse me, a neighborhood street. And then the main street uh, separating us from the park was uh, Ocean, Ocean Boulevard. And I mean, you go down those big steps, people, um, exercise all the time. And you could literally just walk into the ocean and enjoy with your family. You see people hanging out. There might be a little food truck. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And I'm talking about it's worth the visit. It's worth the. I mean, I can see why it's location, location, location. Why would you want to live in a place like that? I actually said earlier, I don't understand, you know, obviously there's the, the violence and all the, you know, things that's happening all over the world. And that goes back and it has roots and other things, but I don't see how you can be mad and upset um, with the ocean in your backyard. And I think <laughs> that's why so many LA cats are just real laid back because it's so serene watching a sunset in LA or, or Los Angeles or Venice Beach is absolutely amazing. That's it, a perfect LAism, access to the ocean. Even if you live in the valley like I do and you're you know, 35 minutes away, it's it's still closer than most places to a beautiful beach and a beautiful day at the sea. So thank you for that. That's perfect. Carl, thank you so much for this amazing podcast. We're so happy to see you. Yeah, really. <laughs> thank this you has for been being our really guest. wonderful. Thank and, you. And everyone definitely check Carl out um, with everything that he, he said, Instagram and Facebook and uh, work with him. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Carl. Thank you. I'm so, so happy. Thank you. It was such a great uh, uh, time here. And I can't wait to come back and possibly uh, um, uh, go over the self-taping on a, on a, uh, on a more of a, uh, when we have a little bit more time. But this has been amazing, ladies. Thank you, Jen and Camille. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA, the podcast. We want to be able to bring you more episodes like this one, but we can only do that with your support. So please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to Speak LA, the podcast. For more information on Speak LA, go to ispeakla.com. This episode of Speak LA, the podcast was sponsored by Actors Connection. Actors Connection offers free resources, including valuable online programs. For more information, go to actorsconnection.com and sign up for their e-blast today. Our sound engineer is the very talented Dan Leonard of homevoiceoverstudio.com. My name is Jen Jostin. And I'm Camille Thornton-Alson, and we are the founders of Speak LA. Find us at ispeakla.com. See you next time.